we are back. Welcome to the second episode of my podcast. Somehow I landed on Weekend Review Podcast. I don't know. Um, I didn't want to cop out answer like Sean Podcast or something like that. So that's what we're stuck with. But I can always change it later if anything. Um, how many of y'all cook? I don't normally like I know how to make a grilled cheese, but that's about it. But um, today I just cooked beef tips and rice and it actually turned out better than I expected. I used like soy sauce and sesame oil, salt, pepper, you know, normal shit. It, it was not that hard. The, the rice, I should have started before the beef, but I, I didn't think about it. I thought the rice would be faster. But we're going to start off with a couple songs of the week. So the first one is Buzz Cut by Brockhampton. And this is their first single they've put out in a while. And so it's basically given us an idea of what the album's going to sound like. And the fucking instrumental was so crazy. There's just so much going on, but it's all cohesive. So it's not like a bad thing. But um, it would have been nice if there would have been more verses because there were only two. But there were a lot of good um, breaks, a lot of changes in the production so that the song doesn't uh, stay the same. And there was actually a big name feature, which Brockhampton doesn't do a lot of, but it was Danny Brown, who I'm going to be honest. Normally, I, I don't like Danny Brown, like listening to One Train by um, ASAP Rocky. Whenever Danny Brown's verse comes on, bro, I always skip it. But his voice actually sounded really good on this instrumental because it was so just wild and out there. So for once, I actually didn't mind listening to him, really. And he was actually saying something. Um, but I'm actually pretty excited for Brockhampton's new um, project, I guess, after hearing this. So that was a relief. And um, the next song is Bug 50s and Bullet Wounds by... Havoc, and it was produced by The Alchemist, one of my favorite producers, uh, featuring Method Man. Um, this song is, honestly, I just put it up here because The Alchemist is one of my favorites, and the both the verses are really solid. I really like the vocal sample used in the background of the beat, and uh, the piano sounded really good, too. Um, he just always comes through, and with someone like Method Man on this too, I was really excited to hear how it sounded, and it was good. Um, and then the third song is not hip-hop. Um, it's called Alone Again, uh, Naturally, by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Uh, my friend Julian actually recommended this to me like a couple nights ago, and I listened to it, and it sounded really happy, but the lyrics were super depressing, which I love, you know? songs like pumped up kicks or there's some um 21 pilot songs i can't think of right now but songs like that where they can make the lyrics so opposite of the sound i really love because some people won't even notice like a lot of people listen to songs without really paying attention to the words and stuff but um he's talking about well he got stood up and then there's some death and bad stuff but I think the cheerful nature of alone again naturally it kind of it there's it's almost like he's okay with it you know like well here I am again I knew this was gonna happen so I might as well stick with it and 
I don't know about you guys, but that's something I can definitely relate to. Not just recently, but kind of in general, you know. Um, not not necessarily being alone, but just like coming to terms with a shitty situation. Like, yep, here we are. Might as well be, do the best with it. But yeah, those are the songs of the week. Um, I don't know. Eventually, I'll probably make a website or something like um, Squarespace or Weebly and link videos or Spotify or whatever. But for now, um, look it up if you want. This week, I added some new vinyls to my collection. Um, I already had Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar, um, Less Up, and Kid See Ghost by uh, Kid Cudi and Kanye West, but... Um, me and my roommate went to movie Trading Co. And I saw a bunch of Ann Murray and Jimmy Swagger vinyls. So if any of y'all are fans of that, you better get up there before they run out. But I was able to find a Lionel Richie album and a Chicago album, which I'm pretty happy about. The Lionel Richie album, um, or here, let me see if I say it wrong. Uh, um, can't Slow Down. And um, I was really excited when I saw it because it has a song that we did uh, my freshman year, uh, All Night Long, which is a good song if you haven't heard it. Um, and it also has the one that everybody knows. Um, Hello, is it me you're looking for? So that'll be fun once I finally hear that. And then um, Chicago X, I don't know any of the songs on there, to be honest, but we also played one of their songs, um, 25 or 624, in jazz band, and it was really good, so I'm excited to getting to listen through that, um, if I ever buy a record player. I'm not, still not sure where to buy at. I think online, but I don't want to buy one because I know they're really expensive. I don't want to buy one and then it come and be shitty and then I'm upset about it. Because that's kind of a lot of money for a fucking music player when I can just look it up, you know. But um, I also started watching this video series on YouTube called What Makes This Song Great. Um, basically, he just goes in and listens to the song bit by bit and he'll separate the different parts. So he'll separate the guitar and listen to that. He'll separate the drums, listen to that and the vocals. And... It's just really cool to get a background on the songs and whatnot and kind of have more information about what the artist was going for or why it ended up sounding this way. Because sometimes there are funny stories and stuff. Like, I learned that Radiohead, who admittedly I do not listen to much of except for Creep, actually hates the song Creep, or did for a while, and started playing... Dang, it sounds like someone's arguing outside. But um, for the longest, they wouldn't uh, play it in tour because, you know, play creep, play creep. I'm sure I would get tired of that too, you know, one hit wonder. No one wants to be labeled that. Um, but eventually they started playing it again. Um, anyway, I, I talked too long about that. Um, the point is, I, I really like Foo Fighters. Um and he made a video about one of their songs that's really near and dear to my heart, which is uh, Everlong. Wow, that sounded really lame to say. I'm sorry. But um, Everlong, and I actually learned something new about the song. In the second verse, there's a vocal sample that's added in from 
fuck, I don't remember her name. She was from a different band. I want to say she was Dave Grohl's ex, but there's actually a small vocal sample in the second verse where um, it's just a little do 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 do. But now I can't unhear that, uh, which is cool. It's definitely a good thing. Like, or sometimes they'll make videos and I'll come out of it knowing a lyric that I didn't know. Or at the very least, I just get to hear a, a good song again bit by bit, you know. But it's cool to hear how it all comes together. So if you want to check out that, that is um, on YouTube. But this week, I also made the trip down to see my grandpa, which is a long and arduous task. Um, I, I like to talk to him because he needs someone to talk their ear off every now and then, or he goes crazy. He... Um, annoys the shit out of my mom whenever they talk so he's got to get me in too but he told me about all the cats that he feeds yeah he's one of those old people any neighborhood cat pulls up to his house there will be food waiting and then he'll complain about how many cats there are around like he doesn't draw them out but um he told me about this cat that he'll let in and out and it's not his cat it's not his cat, no, but he'll let it in and out and feed it. But no, it's not his. And he also t told me about this dumb lady at the store who was getting her cart too close to him and bumped him in the legs. And he turned around and said, what the hell are you doing? You know, something like that. You know. Ugh, why do I say you know so much? I never noticed until I started doing this. But I guess that's... um part of it you know Ugh. but then he went out to the parking lot and apparently some lady had her cart parked on his bumper and that got a rise out of him as well and he also told me that i should watch out for people overcharging me on groceries because apparently that's an issue he's been having he he was at walmart or something and she charged him twice for something and you know, he asked for his refund, and she said, "He's got to, you got to go to the counter to get your money back." And he said, "And I screamed, oh shit!" You know, something like that. I don't know. He's a very violent, not violent. He's angry. He's an angry old man, like a lot of old white people, I guess. Which is why it's so polarizing when he likes animals so much. It's hard for me to process sometimes honestly but um i also played dominoes this week my friend trey and dj came over i haven't seen them in a bit um i know them through percussion I've known them for a while but um kind of in and out you know but that's that's what's cool about friends is you know they're good friends when you don't talk that often but you do and you hang out and it's the same it's like nothing ever changed really um but yeah they came over and we chilled for a bit and then we were playing dominoes and it, it was a pretty good game you know um but me and dj we we're going to 200 so we we're about a house above uh trey each and it was trey's turn i was going after him and i was talking shit i said go ahead set me up set me up again and, you know they laughed said whatever he put down a domino and, you know, I laughed, said, ha, you know, that's whatever. And then I put down, scored 10. And then me and me and DJ had a good laugh for a second. You know, I didn't mean to do it to him, honestly. I was just talking shit, but then I got it. 
But after that, Trey started to come back, and he put the fucking whoop on us, man. He made us, uh, ugh. At, like, every second he sat there while we laughed, he got back plus more, man. He came back and whooped our asses, and it's our fault. It's I'm pretty sure he won off bones we still had in our hands, which, you know, you can only do so much. There's another you know. This should be a drinking game. Every time I say you know, take a shot. Um, yeah, so that we <laughs> we definitely learned our lesson about talking shit. Uh, he was supposed to bring his Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Uh, Trey was. Maybe next time. He's been wanting to get into it. Low-key, though, I'm scared he's going to whoop my ass because he's talking about all these, like, super meta decks and everything, and I still play with cards that I just had, you know, and William gave me. But, um... Also went to the house uh, this week. I haven't been there in a while. The restaurant that never closes, never dis. Well, no, it does disappoint. Um, but it didn't this time. It was pretty good. Me and my homie Aiden went up there, and I was feeling kind of health conscious, so I I decided to get blueberries on my chocolate chip pecan waffle, and it was pretty nice. I mean, it, well, the the longer I ate it, it got kind of old. And I also got the egg, sausage, cheese, milk, which is also really good. Um, Waffle House has more than just eggs and waffles, by the way. Um, Aiden always gets the hash brown bowl. I think I put him on, but I don't want to claim that in case I didn't. But I think I was just talking shit one day. And the the hash brown bowl used to be my go-to. So I was, you know told him to try it and that he's liked it ever since there was another you know in there um that's it that's all i really did this week not a whole lot so now we'll get to the good shit the music um this week i listened to amir vaughn and i will i did more than just listen to him i actually watched a couple interviews because I remembered that he got kicked out of Brockhampton in 2018 um, over allegations for um, sexual misconduct or it was all consensual but like he was just going too far is what the women said and I realized that I'd never seen the conclusion to that you know I'd never heard his side I'd never really heard Brockhampton talk about it after that so I looked it up you know Amir Amir Van, I'm sorry, Amir Van allegations, and um, a Sway in the Morning interview came up, and he seemed really remorseful, and not only that, but it seemed like he had really put in work to change, and that's always good to see, and there was a comment on the video, which I think is a pretty good question, um, someone said, we have to figure out where forgiveness fits into our cancer, it cancel culture, which is something I hate, I, I mean... Yes, it's good for when, like, there are fucking horrible people, but, man, cancel culture gets annoying as shit. I'm so tired of seeing people overreact over stuff. But, that anyway, that's not the argument or the point I'm making. Um, yeah, he seemed really remorseful, and he had gone to a hospital and done therapy and shit, and the way he talked about it, he had really thought about what he had did, and... Um, Sway actually was asking him because apparently he hadn't hasn't talked to a lot of Brockhampton members since then, 
um, Sway was asking him if, if he felt that it was his responsibility to reach out after everything that happened, you know, him getting kicked out of the band and them not really reaching out or helping. And I really respected his answer because he said, well, they knew me, you know, they were like my brothers. And if anyone through this should have stuck with me and helped me, then it should have been them. They should have known, hey, this doesn't sound right or maybe not everything's as it seems here but they didn't and they kind of made him leave Brockhampton and he feels like it's on them at this point you know he's done his work to get better and everything so now they need to come back and make amends and I definitely get where he's coming from um it was honestly kind of awkward watching Sway like press him for a bit to get questions through and to get answers out of him but I'm glad he did because the um, the perspective and the knowledge was definitely worth it. Although sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I watch these interviews and I think, what are their intentions? Are they just seeing dollar signs whenever they're interviewing these people? Or are they really trying to get um, perspective and find out what they're going through? Um, I guess it depends on the person. It's whatever. Okay, to the music now. Um, since dropping out of Brockhampton, Amir has released uh, an EP called Emmanuel, and wow, it's really raw. It's, I mean, the first track is really self-critical. He's, he's putting all his problems out, and um, he's brutally honest with himself. Uh, the lyrics are dark. If you're wanting something really soft and mellow to listen through, this is not the uh, EP for you. Pop Trunk kind of shows that uh, Van knows that he's trading a part of himself for his fame. And just despite all that, he still has problems and, um, you know, faces stresses like everyone else. Um, and it shows that his experiences have taught him and humbled him. And there's a pretty nice breakdown at the end. Glock 19 is a headbanger. This is the one I've listened to for the longest. I've heard this before the whole EP. Um, he's about it. He wants everybody to know. He's not just, you know, boy band singer anymore. He goes through shit and he's not, he's going to fuck you up if you fuck with him, which I respect, you know, put it out there. Um, Los Angeles kind of shows how the city changed him, I think. He's from Texas, San Marcos, and he said in the interview that he'd moved out at 17. So you can only imagine how dangerous and how many temptations are waiting for a 17-year-old in L.A., you know, especially one who's new to stardom and fame and is blowing up. Um, Sunday Night um, has a really nice verse and chorus transition, good flow, uh, hectic production with um, some really nice samples and then plastic ends just as dark as the album started almost which shows you know he's not through it yet but sometimes that can make some of the best music i remember when travis scott broke up with kylie jenner and as sad as i was for him everybody knew you know finna be some bangers finna be some good heartbreak music and i don't really think there ever was but my rating for this EP, 8 out of 10. No skips, but it's only an EP, and it, you can tell he still has somewhere to go with his um, 
artistic endeavors. It, it takes a lot. So let me think about this. It takes artists dropping a few different projects before they really know like where they are, uh, who they are as a person. I remember Post Malone talked about it a lot. He, he said it took him a while to find his own sound. And while I'm not a super huge Post Malone fan, you know, I listened to his first song, which blew up kind of a while back as a meme, um, and then his music now, and it's completely different. It's fucking Earths and fucking universes apart. And um, if this is where Van is kind of starting, obviously this is not where he's starting. He's starting on Brockhampton. But if this is where he's starting as a solo artist, then I can't wait for whenever the project drops in the future. The next album I listened to this week was Stop Staring at the Shadows by Suicide Boys. Um, I haven't been listening to Suicide Boys as long as my friends have. Uh, they're honestly the only reason that I do or that I was put onto them. But damn, I really like them. I like that they're always doing something different. Um, from themselves that that's the important not from everybody else you can do that but you always have to keep changing and doing different stuff or you're not going to get better so that's one of the things i like about them and i also like their production they take a lot of they sample a lot of old things and flip it and do different shit with it and i think that's fucking awesome i think that's one of the greatest ways that you can pay homage to the craft to the culture that is hip-hop and rap is to take something else and flip it and do your own thing with it and make it into a whole new sound. Um, that's one way to make artists live forever. You know, hearing an Otis Redding sample in Otis by Jay-Z and Kanye. Or, um, uh, fuck, I can't think of any samples right now off the top of my head. But, um, okay, Japanese jazz samples in fucking... Um, Logic song or in uh, um, Feel How You Feel by Travis Scott and Quavo. Um, those aren't hip hop, but I just think re reinventing shit out of old music is fucking awesome. Anyway, um, this album goes hard. Some highlights of um, Megazeth had a hard fucking bass drop. That shit sucked me straight in. And um, it sounded really good after Whispers Indistinctly because that's on definitely on the softer side as far as Suicide Boys go. But um, Putrid Pride was also on this, which I feel like everybody heard, has heard this song. Um, I, what I like about Putrid Pride is the in the production, there's a lot of nice spacing in between the bay lets the instrumental breathe and um, the hi-hats and the snare are all pretty light. So the main focus of this is um, Ruby and Scrim's voice, and which is really nice because this song, they're talking about the problems of growing up and the how time can change shit. And honestly, that that's hitting pretty hard for me right now because... I'm at a point in my life where I'm just now kind of leaving on my own. And um, as much as, you know, as much as I might be in a rush to, you know, get past this or maybe get to a more permanent place where I'm more solid in life and know what I'm going and know where I'm going, know what I'm doing, um, I should try to relax and kind of appreciate this shit while I'm in it.
Um, what the fuck is happening has a crazy ending. Bizarro is a solid ass track. Um, scope sets. One of one of the samples scared the fuck out of me. I was in my car listening to it all the way up, and there's like a train horn or some shit, and I almost swerved into another lane because I thought uh, someone was gonna hit me or some shit. I don't know. Um, fuck your culture is solid. Uh, the outro track, man, that, the perfect fucking outro track. Uh, and to those I love, thank you. I that's probably what I play the most after the song. Um, it just hits home, and the way that it fades out at the end, the instrumental slowly comes apart, and then it's just the bass. Um, it's just a really good way to ease you out of the album. And, um, yeah, solid, solid fucking piece of work. If I was going to rate it, I think, shit, probably another eight, because it's not a seven. And it's not good enough to be a nine. Um, I don't think it's an eight and a half either. I think it's a solid eight. N not really any skips, but nothing super fucking world breaking, you know. Definitely some bangers out of it though. Um, Putrid Pride, Megazeph, and um, and to those I love personally. Um, Bizarro goes hard too. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is Dumb and Dumber Two which was Young Dolph and Key Glock, they dropped yesterday. And when I saw this, I was really excited because Young Dolph and Key Glock both go hard on their own. You know, Dumb and Dumber 1, I guess, went fucking hard. And they kind of stepped it up this time, to be honest, because normally their production is pretty... You know, I'm not trying to hate, but it's a trap song, you know. Their production is going to be pretty weak pretty um repetitive but um band play actually came through on a couple of the songs like um let me look at my notes let me look at my notes okay it was rain rain it starts with an acoustic guitar which is the last fucking thing i'm expecting to hear on this right um but it came through with that and then it sounded really fucking good with the rest of the instrumental and the the song the message of the song was pretty good too um Dolph said when you doing big shit hell yeah they supposed to hate which is how I'm finna think about it from now on um but this is really solid for a 20 track album like I was expecting to have to skip through some and I didn't really have to skip through any um there were a couple that didn't really hit the mark but there were definitely a lot more bangers than um there were misses Cheat Code was the first one. Man, that shit hit like a fucking truck. Um, Dolph's verse, fucking great. There are a lot of good production. I mean, there is good production on there. A lot of good drops and breaks so that the song isn't the same. You know, changing it up. Um, that might be the best song. Uh, Case Closed has a um, really good chorus. A lot of these songs on this album, that's something they do. They have really long choruses, and the choruses are more of just another bar that they want repeated twice instead of like a melodic Drake chorus or something, you know, which I don't mind at all. It's something that is um, characteristic of their music, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. 
by fucking Dolph was so good. It starts with a really harsh note on the piano and then the rest of the instrumental plays out and it just repeats on that harsh note. And that sounds really good to base his uh, whole flow off of. And he goes with it. And it was the first the first solo song where I was really like, whoa, shit. Because I, I prefer them together, honestly. But um, this one showed that they can do their own shit, too. Uh, Move Around was really fucking good. Good drop in. Um, Key Glock kept the energy going and then changed up the flow without missing the beat. Really good production on that one. Uh, hashtag has a fu- uh, clever chorus. Um, one of the things about Dolph through this, he'll say some hard-ass bars that'll make you laugh your ass off. Um, I'm not going to say what they are because I don't want to spoil the fucking joke for you, but uh, just pay attention a little bit. And um, A Goat and a Dolphin, as soon as I saw that track name, I knew this was going to fucking bang. And then it came on, no chorus, just four bars back to back, switching off, and they deliver. Um, if if uh, what was it? Fucking cheat code isn't the best song on the album, then this might be straight fucking fire. And then dumbest and the dumbest had a hard chorus, maybe the best, and then a good verse with Dolph made me laugh again. And then um, Glock killed it too on that one. Overall, for that album, it took me a while to think about what I should really rate it because whenever I take that in mind, I try to think, you know, okay, how many songs do I have to skip over? What is this really saying overall? And um, obviously, just how fucking good is it, you know? So I wanted to give this, um, I was thinking anywhere between 7 and a 9, and I was going to land on an 8 because there are a lot more good songs than meh songs, you know? There weren't many meh songs for a 20-track album, and that's why I decided to bump it up to an 8.5, because it's hard to have a fucking 20-track album do good, in my opinion, um, or be solid straight through like this one was. A lot of times I'll try listening to something like this where, you know, it's not Kendrick, it's not Cole, you're not really having much substance or a bigger idea at the end of it, and I'll get bored halfway through because it'll all sound the same. Um, but like I said, band play really came through on this um, in a way that I didn't expect. Um, 8.5 out of 10, yeah. Well, that is episode 2. Um, I think I might set up an email or something so you guys can ask for advice or ask questions or suggest music for me to listen to or anything else to give me more stuff to talk about because I'm about to hit 31 minutes, and I am out. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to keep you here any longer than I have to. Y'all have a great week, and I will see you next Saturday. Goodbye.